That was great. Don't you love these guys? Come on. You know, I was thinking about um, how we always brag on the worship team, which we should and we will continue. But one of the things that I was thinking was, I, I want you all to know that your gift, your sacrifice that you bring to the Lord, it has the same sweet aroma to God that we're getting here. Um, so I just want to thank you as a people that is extraordinary in generosity, that is incredibly engaged in service. And you may not do the thing that puts you up here on the stage in, in front of a microphone or, or with an instrument, but you are playing an instrument. You are worshiping the Lord through your service, through children's ministries and serving at the mission and running fantastic kingdom businesses and being uh, employees in, in, in places that are strategic where you're extending the kingdom. And your life is a sweet, uh, sweet smelling aroma before the Lord. And I just want to thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being the saints that you are because you are extending the kingdom and, and you are worthy of affirmation in that. So thank you guys. I know you don't know what to do now. You're like, uh, you're welcome. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. Give yourselves a hand. Come on now. Brag on yourself or your neighbor. Something. Hallelujah. Well, we are in the middle of Advent. As you know, this is the second week of Advent. And um, as Jason shared during communion, one of, the, one of the words that Advent means is arrival. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a Latin word, and it, and it, and it comes from uh, the Greek word that we see is, is perusia, which is presence. It's the coming of the presence of the royal king. And so we're looking forward in these two weeks for the coming of the kingdom and the coming of the king. In the last two weeks of Advent, we're going to actually look at his first coming when Jesus came as the Messiah and rescued us from sin. Right now, we're meditating on the coming of his kingdom. And it's beautiful for us to do that. Um, we have not always celebrated Advent here at Christ Center. Christ Center is an interdependent, non-denominational denomination, right? Isn't non-denominational the new denomination, right? <laughs> okay, some of you think that's funny. I think it's hilarious. But uh, I'm, I'm easy with the jokes, aren't I? Nonetheless, we have not always celebrated Advent, but we've been, we've been embracing some of those treasures new and old. The, 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 the scripture says that, uh, that, the, that the kingdom of heaven is like a wise man, and he took out his, his treasures from the storehouse, both new and old. And this is one of those old treasures, one of those things that's been going on for, I think, about 1,600 years now, and it's a time of the year where we go back and we, we contemplate, we meditate, we take a time to be a, in a rhythm as, as disciples of Christ, a rhythm of discipleship to say, Lord, we want to think about the reality of your kingdom, and we want to remember what we're a part of. We want to stir our hearts up towards your kingdom coming and your will being done, and this is one of those ways to do that. So, are you guys been enjoying it so far? And didn't you guys think that uh, Isaac looks so handsome with that haircut? Good night. Good job, Abby. I know, right? Whew. They say, what is it they say? The, uh, the sons and daughters of the righteous are the best looking in the land. That's a paraphrase, but it's in the Bible. Go check it out. So that's right. That's for you, buddy. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Let's get to the scripture. Let's stop paraphrasing, shall we? Hannah's, Hannah's giving me that look like, why don't you preach, preacher? Hey, funny guy. Why don't you get some scriptures, funny guy? All right, here we go. We're going to talk about the preparation of peace. The second week of Advent is preparation. And it's, and it's a preparation of the heart. It's a preparation of your life for the coming of the King of Kings. Because he is coming. 
And 2 Peter chapter 3 is where we're going to is where we're going to uh, preach from this morning. So let me read it to you. Uh, I've got a few thoughts that I'd like to share as we read through it, and then I'm going to culminate with the with the big idea. All right. So here we go. Beloved, now I write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful. <laughs> I love that sentence. I'm going to say it again. In both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. This is a beautiful encouragement right out of the gate to us that we have to be reminded in order that we may be mindful. This is an encouragement for me because I hate it when I forget stuff. How many of you guys hate forgetting stuff, right? You're like, man, I should have that locked in. Like, oh, why don't I remember that? Well, you know what? I don't know why, but God in his wisdom has made it to where we get the opportunity to remind each other to be mindful. The scripture says to stir each other up to good works. It says to remind each other what you're up to. So we are interdependent and it is all a part of it that we actually need to be reminded Everybody breathe, breathe a sigh of relief. Whew. And we get to remind each other. So you know what? We're right on track. So we're already encouraged. Amen? All right. So it's okay to need to be reminded. And we get to remind each other. And of course, we have this word sandwich here that we may be mindful. Are you guys already encouraged? Let's keep going. Knowing this first. That scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So he's saying, brothers and sisters, beloved ones, I want to remind you what you're about and what you're up to and the context of what you're up to. Because in the last days, which by the way, how many of you guys know we've been in the last days for 2,000 and almost 18 years now? So this has been going on a little while. We've been in the last days. And how many of you have ever heard scoffers say, hey, you know what? It's all good. It's all going to keep going the way it's always gone. And you just do what you do. You live how you live. You live and then you die. What's the big deal? Eat, drink, be merry because tomorrow we die, right? So we, we're used to that story. Well, it's not a new story. People have been saying that forever. And Peter is saying, listen, I want you to remind each other what you're about and the context of what you're doing. I want you to remind each other about reality, about the king and the kingdom because you're gonna hear this kind of nonsense that it doesn't matter. You're gonna hear that things as they've always been, they're just gonna keep on being that way. And you guys understand that's not a very hope-filled message, is it? Like, well, you know, hey, life's like that, right? That's always encouraging. Something bad happens. Well, you know, life's like that. Well, it happened for a reason. You're like, yeah, I threw a rock in there. It hit me in the head. That happened for a reason. It doesn't make it nice. It's not encouraging, is it? It's not encouraging, but we have a different message, don't we? We have a message where, where Peter is saying, listen, I want you to remind each other to be mindful because you're hearing this nonsense message that it doesn't matter, that time doesn't matter, that you just, all you really have is this present, and he continues on. He says, for this, they willfully forget. They willfully forget. So here we are in the kingdom, sons and daughters of the king. Our job is to remind each other. The sons of perdition... They're trying to willfully forget. They're literally trying to willfully forget. What are they trying to forget? That by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. He's talking about the flood. He's saying they willfully forget that God actually dealt with bad systemic 
issues. He actually looked down and said, this is too wicked. There is only wickedness in your heart. There is only, remember before the flood it said, God looked upon them and his heart was torn within him because the imaginations of the hearts of men were only continually evil. That is, that's dark, guys, that's dark. And what did he do? He came in and he redeemed the earth with the flood. Did you guys see that? He actually baptized the earth and created something new with eight people, didn't he? And that was an example, of course, of what Christ would be, the ark for us to escape the judgment of wickedness that would come, right? And so what did he do then? He made a covenant, didn't he? And Peter's speaking of that covenant. He says, they willfully forget that we would ever be responsible for our choices and our actions. They willfully forget that we actually have a testimony of redemption for the righteous and judgment for the wicked. We spoke last week, right, about how judgment's not a real popular thing in our day and age, but the reality is, guys, God, Jesus, is a good judge. He's the kind of judge that stood before his own judgment, and he's the kind of judge that extended mercy through Jesus Christ. But he's, but he's reminding us of that. And then he continues, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Now, most of us, when we hear this part of the story, how many of you get really encouraged? You're like, wow, that's super lighthearted and filled with joy and peace. Not many of us. But you know, the truth is, this is actually a really encouraging word because the whole thing is about redemption that God is actually going to redeem everything. And I'm going to get to that. So let's continue. But beloved, don't forget this one thing. That with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some count slackness. I love the New King James Version. He's not slack. But is long-suffering toward us not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So he's saying, so the very thing that scoffers are saying right now, that, that it's taking a long time and it really doesn't matter what you do or how you live, the context that they're giving you that with is that he's not really paying attention. He's not really engaged anymore. So what you see is what you're going to get. And it doesn't really matter. And in that context, that would seem to make a little bit of sense. How many of us have had those moments where you're sort of like, man, if everything's just going to always be the same what's the point of trying to do anything different what's the point of trying to live any differently so in this time during advent as we're looking at the preparation of our own hearts for the kingdom we're saying lord we want to be in the context of the kingdom we want to be prepared for what the kingdom is actually like and peter is admonishing us he's saying listen don't listen to scoffers who are telling you that it doesn't matter eternity doesn't really matter that, that time right now doesn't really matter. What they're doing is they're taking it out of context. And Peter is saying, listen, what you need to not forget is that with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. In other words, he's always existed. So for him, he can't wait to redeem you all. And in fact, and we just saw a moment ago, he's going to redeem the whole earth. And he says, so you need to understand this, that it may seem like a really, really long time to you guys because you're in this, this particular part of history, and a thousand years sounds like a long time to us, right? But for him, he's like, it's like a day for him. He can't wait to be reunited with his kids. He can't wait to redeem all things, but he also desires that none would perish, so he's actually leaving more time so that he can redeem even more people. So that's the kind of kingdom you're a part of. That's the kind of king you have. But let me continue. 
So he says, so don't consider the fact that it's taking a long time to be that he is no longer associated with what you're doing and that he doesn't really care because you know what? For him, a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day. He could be coming any minute. You got it? So he, he reminds us of the urgency of keeping our heart aligned with the reality of his kingdom. You guys got that? Let's continue. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. How many of you are encouraged right there? Like, yeah, right? Are you guys encouraged? Woo, that's amazing. Let me tell you why you should actually be encouraged by this. Most of us read this through a lens of an angry God burning people in hell, right? How many of you, these things are just like, your pictures are like, yeah, right? That is not what this is about. That is not actually what this is about. This is actually, well, you know what? Let me keep going, let me keep going. Yeah, let me keep going. Let me say it again and then keep going. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. This is an interesting statement, isn't it? Because we kind of get caught up on this idea of like, I don't want him to come, because if he comes, he's going to burn everything. And how many of you ever heard the, 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 uh, the uh, encouragement from, from others, where you're like working really hard on something, and it's really challenging, and just about when you get it done, somebody goes, I don't know why you're working so hard on that, it's all going to burn. Have, you, have ever you had that kind of encouragement? No? Must be my generation. It's terrible encouragement. It's not encouraging at all. In fact, basically, the message is, who cares? It's all going to burn. So, so why are you wasting your time, right? Why are you polishing silver on a sinking ship? So there's this idea of like, essentially like it doesn't matter. It's all temporary, all right? Well, that again is, is, is taking the kingdom out of context. And today I want to encourage you about, about context. I want to encourage you about the thing for which we're waiting, which is his arrival and the arrival of his kingdom. But guess what? When Jesus came, his kingdom came. Where is his kingdom right now? Where is it? Here. Here, yes. And who's carrying it? That's right. It's within you. So his kingdom is already here, and it's already getting extended. And when does his kingdom end? Never. It's an everlasting kingdom. So we have the everlasting kingdom on earth right now in us. Amen? So there's this everlasting element, and he's talking about this. He's like, guys, I want you to prepare your hearts. I want to remind you to be mindful of the reality of the kingdom of which you're a part, which is coming, but also is here. All right, so I want to put this in context for us because he says something interesting now in this. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what's going to be dissolved? The heavens and the earth are going to be dissolved, and that's supposed to be encouraging for us, according to Peter. Why is that encouraging? I'll tell you why. Because when he's talking about the heaven and the earth being dissolved, what happens here in the last part of this verse, I'm sorry, in the last part of this verse, look for the new heavens and a new earth. When you got born again, did you become a unicorn? No, you did not. Did you become an angel? No, you did not. You were born again as you. 
And when he comes, what do you get? A new body. You get a new body. But whose new body is it? It's yours. I will recognize you when you get your new body. How do I know? Did they recognize Jesus? Yes, they did. They recognized Jesus in his new body. And Jesus is the firstborn of many. Why is this important? <laughs> don't worry, it'll all come together, guys. Are you with me? Just keep tracking with me. Even if you're not with me, stay with me. Jesus gets a new body. This promise that Peter is bringing to us about thinking about and being mindful of what the kingdom is like is he's saying, listen, don't consider those who are scoffing and saying, as everything is, it will always be. So in other words, don't believe those that say that, things, that certain things aren't temporary. Don't believe that, because beloved, some things are temporary. He says, but, but, then as we look in that, who is the king of kings? Who's coming? The one who's everlasting. So beloved, some things are everlasting. The kingdom gives us context for both what is temporary and what is everlasting. In the world, you don't really get either. In the world, you get the message that nothing really matters. You evolve from the dirt. That's the latest myth. You evolve from the dirt, right? Some fishes swam around. You came out. You were like a one-celled whatever for a while. You turned into a monkey. You turned into a human. You survival of the fittest. You, you formed love out of evolutionary resource to try to survive. You live, you die, you return to the dust. So that's the myth of our day, right? That's the myth that is the common myth in the West. And so, so, so that's what you get told. And that's not very hopeful, is it? It's not very hopeful, but in the kingdom, we're told a different story, aren't we? We're told that we were formed in the image of God and that we have this time in life to be able to discover him and his love and that he sent Christ to redeem us not only from sin, but from death and that he's the firstborn of many and that in this life, as we grow with him and extend his kingdom, then he comes and establishes his kingdom and gives us not only a new body like Christ, but a new heaven and a new earth. Beloved, you're not going to die and go to heaven. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we will die, that we will be given a new body, and that we will reign in a new earth with the king, and new Jerusalem will come down. Why is this important? What kind of lives that we should live, we have to actually be imagined. That we're seeing the same vision ever seen and do some stuff that we're not really sure what. It gets real hard to have hope and confidence and peace real quick. Are you with me? And yet many of us forget to be reminded, to be mindful of what he's actually saying. That there will be, we will be given a new heaven and a new earth. Now, now catch this again. Let's read through the scripture. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God? That's the exact opposite of you're busy building something and, and, and when the encouraging person goes, I don't know why you're trying so hard on that. You're trying to build it with excellence under the glory of the Lord. It's all going to burn. Doesn't fit with the context of the kingdom of this message, does it? Are you with me? It doesn't fit because we're being told by the scriptures that we're to build in such a way 
that our work will actually, and there's another place in scripture where it says that. It says everybody builds on the foundation of Christ. Some build with stones and gems and some with straw, but all of it's tested by fire. And then what does it say? And whatever stands, they take with them into the kingdom. Not into heaven, into the kingdom. Meaning there are everlasting things that we're building right now. So things, so some things are everlasting and some things are temporary. The scoffers of our day say, what you see right now is what you get. Just deal with it. Just be a realist. Don't be socially unadjustable. Right? Are you guys getting excited yet? Now the encouragement here is that in the kingdom, we get to be encouraged by the temporary and we get to be encouraged by the everlasting. So no matter what's going on in our life, Peter is telling us, be encouraged by these things, be reminded of these things, so that you can then be holy in your conduct and godliness, looking for and actually hastening the coming of the day of God. Now that's interesting, isn't it? That we could hasten the coming of the day of God. Now a lot of us have grown up, and I don't have time to go into this, but I'm going to at least take a little, a little pot shot at it. A lot of us have grown up essentially rejoicing when things get darker because we were taught and believed that things got to get darker before the king comes. It's got to get worse before it gets better. And so we actually end up rejoicing when bad things happen because we think it's signs of the times that the king is going to hurry up and come. It's so quiet right now. You're like, where are you going? With Don't take my antichrist away. Okay, so here's, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. Joshua get back buddy okay the point that I'm trying to make is this Jesus when he came what does the scripture say it says and and unto you a son is born and the government of peace will be upon his shoulder and of its yes it's the government of peace upon his shoulder but of its increase there will be no end when did when did that who was that son Yeah, I know, it's not a trick. I promise I'm not tricking you. It's Jesus. When did he come? About 2,000 years ago. So what has the kingdom been doing? You guys, are are you sure? It's been increasing. It's been increasing. Now, don't hear me wrong. Only Jesus can finish the job. We are not going to make utopia in the name of Jesus on earth, and then he comes. That is not what I'm saying. That's not what the scriptures teach. There really is an antichrist. The spirit of the antichrist is already in the earth. I'm not, I'm not questioning that. It's so clear, okay? But here's what you need to understand. The government of peace is upon his shoulder, and of its increase there will be no end. We continue to extend the kingdom until the point that the king actually comes home. Now, there will be dark places. The scriptures are very clear about that. But there will be bright places filled with the glory of the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. That's in the scriptures. So when when Peter is encouraging us here, he's saying, listen, I want to remind you that things aren't just going to always be as they were and will always be that way. I'm telling you, some things are temporary and some things are everlasting. And what you build in the kingdom is everlasting. So build well like the king and contextualize that because there are things that you're building in the kingdom that when he comes and redeems all things, that thing's already redeemed. So it'll be tested by fire because everything is going to be tested by fire. 
Not judgment, fire. So what happens when you purify water? It becomes a sandwich. We all know that. You purify water, it becomes a sandwich. No, that's ridiculous. And yet when we think about the kingdom, many times we think about the end of all things, and it's like, and then the earth will burn, and the heavens will burn, and the king will come, and we'll all be a sandwich. And your brain is just like, what? Okay, actually for many of us, and then he will come, and then we will all be fat little naked babies and clouds playing harps. Right? Or we'll all be in really huge mansions, doing something. I don't know what our job is there, but we get big houses, right? Come on. This is like as far as our imaginations go with this for many of us, right? We're like, I don't even know what to think about it. I'll just ask him when I get there. But that's not what the scriptures are teaching, and that's not what Peter's saying. He's saying, listen, you're already engaged with the kingdom. You're already extending the kingdom. You're already connected to what's everlasting, and you need to remember that, and also, you need to not be discouraged by the scoffers or by any setbacks right now. Why? Because any setback that you face is temporary. But everything you do in the kingdom is eternal. Now when you start to see it that way, then this next scripture just is obvious. It's just obvious. Let's just read it together. Actually, hang on. I want to go back because I want to read it and then I want to go to the next one. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in the holy conduct and godliness looking for and hastening the coming of the day, right? Extending the kingdom. Building things that will last forever because of which the heavens will be dissolved being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat nevertheless we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells therefore beloved looking forward to these things be diligent to be found by him in anxious painful prayers begging him to hurry that is not what that says. Hold on. I think my core beliefs just, just crashed into the scriptures. No. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace. When we remember and are mindful of how the kingdom actually works, who the king is, and where we are in this, suddenly then, when we contextualize that, when we grab a hold of that, when that becomes the vision, it creates peace. It's a preparation of peace within us. We are not anxious. And then we're without spot and blameless and we consider the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. We look around and we go, oh my goodness, Lord. How did that dictator just take power? Oh no, he's coming soon because things are getting worse. It's like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. God isn't coming yet. Number one, because he is patient, desiring that none should perish. He even wants that dictator to repent. Don't get me wrong, if that dictator does not repent, he will receive the same punishment as Satan and his demons. But that's between that dictator and the Lord. But the Lord's desire is that none should perish. He wants everybody to have an opportunity to catch the kingdom and to turn from their wicked ways and repent and be redeemed. Amen? Okay, but 
When we see these bad things happening, something happens in us because we're looking at, the fact is that, that we're not like the scoffers. We're not saying as it is, it will always be. Kingdoms rise, kingdoms fall. Circular, circular, circular. That's, that's like basically all of your Eastern philosophy is that it's everything cyclical. Karma, right? Just life after life after life after life. Reincarnation, life after life. Wars, up, down, up, down, up, down. Fortuna, all of this, right? It's, what is it? Same philosophy, but you have a different one. You have a different reality that you're looking at. We have a different reality. We look and we go, because I'm part of the kingdom, I can actually distinguish between what's temporary and what's everlasting. I can actually look at how the kingdom works. And even when bad things happen, and this is what I want to bring to you for this moment. Why did I bring up dictators and all that? Because even when those things happen, I can actually look at that and say, you know what? I am in the kingdom and the kingdom is in me. The kingdom has come and the kingdom is coming. I am mindful of what I am building. And even though this is horrible, even though cancer may be ravaging my body, even though death has come upon some of my beloved ones, even though a nation is enslaved in this moment, one thing I know, these things are temporary. These are temporary. Every setback is temporary. Even death is temporary for me because I'm in the kingdom. But everything that I do in the kingdom and unto the kingdom is everlasting. Everything that I do, what did he say? If you give someone a cup of water in the name of Jesus, you will by no means lose your reward. So then you don't cast off restraint, right? We saw what the world is doing. The world, because of its lusts, willfully forgets that there's anything to answer for ever. That there's actually something better than what we see right now. The world says, you just better, like, you don't want to be disappointed? Lower your expectations. Right? In the, king, in the kingdom, we actually go, you know what? This isn't going to be everlasting. So I'm going to see how much kingdom I can get into this situation right now. Because I already know it's temporary. I already know that poverty is temporary. How much kingdom can I get into it now? Because whatever I extend right now will be everlasting. And when everlasting comes, it will extend and get rid of what's temporary. So why don't we start that right now? Why don't we engage in that place right now? Are you with me? You start to imagine it. You see, beloved, when I talked about water, when you, when, you, when you purify water, it doesn't become a sandwich. It becomes pure water. What you're doing is you're, you're, you're taking, it doesn't become something else. It becomes purely what it is. It becomes undiluted. Think of the kingdom that way. Think of the kingdom, okay? It's a heaven, it's a heaven, it's a heaven and an earth. It's heavens and earth. So start dreaming about it like that. If he's going to redeem heaven and earth, then it's going to be pure, undiluted heaven and earth under the influence of the kingdom. So start imagining what that looks like and extend the kingdom now. Because what that looks like will be everlasting. But if I think that he's going to turn it into something else... How can I establish the kingdom in that situation? Then my imagination just simply says, well, as it's always been, it will always be. And I actually lose hope and I don't have peace. Are you with me? Are you guys catching that? Did that analogy help or did it make it worse? He's redeeming this earth. When it says that it will burn, it burns and is reborn in the same way that we will die and be reborn into our full body, 
that is no longer affected by death. We will be like Christ. Christ has already received his new body. And we receive a new body. The earth receives its new body. The heavens that surround the earth receive their new body. And the kingdom, which is eternal, is already existing in it. Everything that we've built is existing in it. And the Father is under the Father's dominion. And when he comes, he completes the rest of it as he redeems all things. So now suddenly we have this context to say, I need to remember that. I need to remember that everything that I'm doing unto the extension of his kingdom, be it generosity, be it kindness, be it forgiveness, be it love, be it covenant, be it excellence, all of those things are everlasting things. And every setback that I face, every injustice, every sickness, every disease, even death, is temporary. Do you see that? And this, this is what Peter's reminding us of. This is what he's admonishing us to do. So, you encouraged? I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. As also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of scriptures. Boy, there's a whole lot of uh, admonishment to some funky eschatology right there, but I don't have time. I'm just going to keep going. You, therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. He ends by saying, if you remember, if you remind one another of the kingdom of which you're a part. You will not be taken in by the philosophies of this age, by the lens of this culture that says, this is, all, this is as good as it gets. But rather, then yours is the everlasting and the temporary. And you will have peace and you will not fall from your own steadfastness. So in this Advent season, meditate on these things. Meditate on the preparation of your own heart. And in any place where peace does not reign, in any place, like Bill Johnson, I like one of the things that he says, he says, any place in your life that doesn't glisten with hope is under the influence of a curse. It's under the influence of a lie. Not a curse like, got some hoodoo on you. I'm saying it's, a, it's, a, it's the influence of a lie. It means you believe something about that situation that God doesn't believe. Because God only has hope in every situation. Are you with me? So in the same way, if there's a part of your life right now that doesn't glisten with hope, if it's not filled with peace, if you, if you have certain areas and you look at it and you go, oh, I've got anxiety within me, repent of that. Ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that I'm believing about redemption, about your kingdom, about what is temporary and what is everlasting that you don't actually believe? Are you hearing that? Lord, where am I not contextualizing what's actually temporary? Because any setback you have is temporary. You lose a million dollars today, guys. Do you know what? That's temporary. It's a temporary setback. My father has all the wealth in all the world. You are everlasting. You will live forever. A million dollars is nothing. They paved the streets 
in the New Jerusalem with gold. All right? This is not a big deal. It's a temporary setback. Okay? You can die of cancer. It's a temporary setback. Get hit by a car. Temporary setback. Your marriage can explode and never come back together. Temporary setback. There's no marriage in heaven. The kingdom doesn't have marriage. You see what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be flippant. I'm saying it's important for us to understand what's temporary. It's beautiful, but contextually there's actually hope when we realize even that area he will redeem. And then on the flip side, lest we stop being steadfast, we have this opportunity to recognize what is everlasting. I can release blessing in this time. It's everlasting. I can pray for you and you can be healed from cancer and that's everlasting. But even if you don't, that's temporary. Are you with me? So we get encouragement on all sides. I almost feel bad for the enemy a little bit. He's got nothing. But I don't feel that bad. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you. I thank you for your kingdom. And Lord, as, as we are in this season, preparing our hearts, Lord, embracing this rhythm of contemplation and meditation, of searching through your Holy Spirit and through scriptures to see, Lord, that we are remembering what is true. Would you, by your Holy Spirit, show us, God, the places in us that are out of context of the kingdom. Those places in us, Father, that, that, are, that are believing a lie. Because we want to remember what is true. Help us, Lord, to be dreaming of the heaven and the earth that you're going to completely create, but that we're creating right now. And let us be encouraged in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The prayer servant team is coming forward. If you want some prayer and encouragement, please come and get it. God bless you guys. Have a great week.